Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, 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 and welcome back into another episode of Believe in the ATP Tour. I am your host, Jacob Sersosimo, and today you're listening on the Believe Podcast Network the number one podcast network for professionals. Interesting show for you today. We have a couple tournaments to break down on the grass side. We just spent so long talking about clay courts, and now we're moving in to the grass season, which is very short, mind you. There's only last week there was a tournament, this week there's a tournament, and then we get into Wimbledon. So that's the unique part about the grass court season, especially when it comes leading up to Wimbledon. And Roland Garros got pushed back so into, into June more. So there's a lot of unique things happening this year, just like there was last year. And these grass court tournaments leading up to Wimbledon are ever so important because you only get so many chances to play matches on grass. You don't have an extended period of time, and you're, a lot of them are coming right out of, off of clay. So it's a completely different service. It's a completely different experience. And let's jump right into it. Down at Halle, Germany. Let's just start with, the GOAT, the person who's supposed to play really well in this tournament, is supposed to, you know, this is his tournament. Roger Federer, he beats Ivashka in the first round and then just has a grinder of a match against Felix Ogier Aliassim, who FAA did play really well in this tournament, and he played really well to beat Roger Federer in the second round. So Fed was already out in the second round of Hala. So this is something that I think opened a lot of people's eyes because grass was supposed to be his thing. Yeah, he can lose on clay. Yeah, he can lose, you know, earlier in 2021. But for him to come up on grass and lose in the second round, odd for a lot of people. It was odd for a lot of people, including myself. But then you look at the bigger picture, and the bigger picture is Wimbledon. So let's get let's get these reps in. Let's get these things, you know, these matches done. Let's, you know, not hurt ourselves. And let's try to move on to Wimbledon. Now, it's so interesting looking at it in that aspect because I'm sure he wants to win a lot of matches, but he also wants to protect his body. But Federer fans are like, dude, why, why aren't you winning more matches, right? Like, if you think you can win Wimbledon, you should be winning more matches. And then you got to remember, it's Roger Federer. He's going to do what Roger Federer does, and he knows exactly what's going on with his body. So that's just an interesting side bit about him losing early on in this tournament. But then you look at Felix Ogier Aliasim, who beat Fed and looked how well he played in this tournament. He played, he beat Federer. In the first round, he beat Herbert Herkoc. So, and moving forward after Fed, he ends up losing to Hugo Humpert. But Hugo Humpert had an incredible tournament. Why don't we just jump right into how he did in this tournament? He wins Hala. So, Hugo Humpert, young lad, ends up beating, beat Sebastian Corda. He beats Alexander Sferev, he beats Sam Query, he beats FAA, and then he beats Andre Rublev in the finals. The, tur- the tournament that this 22-year-old played out of it, out of France was incredible, and he deserved to win. He's, he's a big lefty. If you ever watched him play, he's got a lot of power coming out of that left side. He's number 25 in the world, um, like I said, out of France, and this is probably his biggest win on tour. He... Won a few tournaments last year, but nothing like, I think he won Auckland last year. Yeah, he won Auckland and Antwerp, which one's indoor. They're both hardcore courts. Um, One's indoor, one outdoor. But 
to win Hala, especially at a tournament where there were a lot of good players. You look at Fed was there, Zverev was there, FAA was there, Rublev was there. I think Medvedev was even there. The, the, those wins, that's a confidence booster, especially moving into Wimbledon here soon. But Hugo Humbert, he's entertaining to watch and watch for him to make a few runs here um, as well in 2021. I just mentioned Daniil Medvedev. He struggled this tournament. Grass is supposed to be, you know, his surface. Remember not too long ago when we're at the French Open and we're leading up to the French Open, he was talking about how much he just hates clay and he likes the faster court surfaces. Well, Daniil, here's your faster court and he loses his struff in the first round in straight sets and a tie break in the first set and 6-3 in the second set. So, Daniil, here's where your here's your chance. What happened? That's kind of what you wonder when it comes to how this tournament went for Daniil Medvedev. Now, moving forward, hopefully he can play better leading into Wimbledon, but you don't have many more chances because, like I said, Wimbledon starts really, really soon at the end of June here. Let's head over to another grass court tournament in Queens down there in London, or up there in London, I should say. Number one seed, Matteo Berrettini. Then you move down, Daniel Evans was in this tournament. Alex Damanur was in this tournament. Opelka, who just played really well, surprisingly, on clay was also in this tournament. Karatsev, he's been playing well lately. Fabio Fognini, Lorenzo Sinego, that's a name you should also keep your eye on. He played really well in the clay court season, um, even against Rafael Nadal. Yannick Sinner, the other Italian, he's in this tournament. And then Denis Shapovalov, Shapovalov is probably how you pronounce it. Everyone pronounces it different, but he's a two seed. Um, this tournament went seriously exactly how planned for Matteo Berrettini. Um, getting the biggest win of his career, he ends up winning Queens in the final against Cameron Norrie. And Norrie's a Briton, um, and he played really well in this tournament. He actually beat Shapo. Um, he beat Karatsev. Uh, he, he had a good tournament making it to the finals, and that's a huge milestone for him. I believe his ranking, yeah, 34 in the world right now, um, but he's only 25 years old, so he's got a lot of, a lot of good things ahead of him. But um, 34 in the world makes it to the final and beats Chapo. And honestly, Chapo should be playing really well in these tournaments, which he kind of did. He's number 12 in the world right now at 22. But the only people he beat, he beats uh, Feliciano Lopez, which is an okay win on grass because Feli Lopez isn't great on grass. Uh, he beats Tiafo, who, once again, not that great on grass. And then gets pumped in straight sets by Nori in the semifinals. So I'm looking for Chapo, especially since he skipped Roland Garros to make a good run at Wimbledon or at least play really, really well. Um, Alex De Manure, he beats Chilich. Chilich is playing well. Um, I'm looking forward to watching him play through these tournaments. He he beats Fognini in this tournament, who's in the eighth seed. Chilich is unseated, but then he loses to Alex De Manure. And I think that probably comes down to a youth thing. Alex De Manure is very scrappy and can get to a lot of things and ends up beating him in a three-set grinder. Um, Matteo Berrettini, though, heck of a tournament. Rolls Andy Murray in the second in the second round, then rolls Daniel Evans in straight sets in the third round, rolls Alex De Manure in the fourth, in the fourth round in straight sets, and then wins in three sets. And the only set he lost all tournament was in a tiebreaker in the final to Cameron Nori, who was also playing really well at the time. So Matteo Berrettini, could he be a grass court guy? I don't know. Is he too big for grass court? I don't know, but he does have the power to be a powerful, powerful, powerful grass court guy. And I think this is something to keep your eye on moving forward 
is Matteo Berrettini on grass. Um, I'm looking for him and Chapo to have a good Wimbledon coming up. Just kind of matters how the draw lays out uh, in their favor or not in their favor. But then you got to remember, you got guys like Novak Djokovic who are also going to be jumping into Wimbledon here, and Roger Federer and some other players that are notoriously good grass court players, quick court players that are going to be also looking to make a run here at Wimbledon. Because I think people are starting to get sick of the big three controlling everything. And their chance really was in the French Open. And they still have the big three win the French Open. So look for a few people to make a run at Wimbledon. And speaking of Wimbledon, I got some news to drop on you. One of the big three will not be playing in Wimbledon, and that is Rafael Nadal. Rafa posts on social media that he will not be playing in Wimbledon or the Olympics. And I'll get to the Olympics part here in just a little bit. But Rafael Nadal says this is not time for him. Um, he says uh, it's never an easy decision to take. Uh, but after listening to my body and discuss it with my team, I understand that it is the right decision. Um, he's kind of bummed out, especially about the Olympic Games. But this is something where clay courts really take a lot out of your body anyway. And he really put all he could into the clay court season. He played really, really hard into a lot of the tournaments leading up to it. And then at the French Open, he really gave it his all. I mean, look how tired he was at the end of the Djokovic match. There's no doubt in my mind he gave everything he had to win his 21st major at Roland Garros, knowing well that he might be skipping tournaments, including the Olympics, moving out of the clay court season into the rest of the year. So what is he doing now? He's just going to gear up for a big uh, U.S. Open, and that's really all he can do because his body seems to be torn down a little bit, and he is getting older just like the other big three. And so now's the time for him to just sit back, let everybody play grass because the chances of him winning Wimbledon this year are very low. Um, when it comes to how he plays and how Djokovic has been playing and how everybody else has been playing. So after a heavyweight matchup that he had at the French Open, I don't blame Rafael Nadal for stepping out of Wimbledon. It's just a bummer because he's always good to see in Wimbledon. Speaking of Rafa not playing at Wimbledon, he's also not playing in the Olympics. Now this comes after, you know, kind of the same thing. He's got to listen to his body, do all this thing. But there is a plethora of players that aren't playing in Wimbledon and there's also a group of players that haven't decided on Wimbledon. Now, this is according to Jose Margado, which is a tennis reporter, I believe, out of Portugal. Um, but this isn't according to him. This is just what the truth is. Um, here's people, top ATP top 20 players that are not playing in Tokyo as of this week. And it's number three in the world, Nadal. Number five in the world, Dominic Team. He said he won't be playing in the Olympics. Number 10, Batista. Number 12, that is Shapovalov. Number 14 is Kasper Ruud. Number 16 is Gael Monfils. And then they say David Goffin is doubtful. Those are some big names not playing in the Olympics. And it also takes a little bit away from the Olympics, right? If you're going to play in the Olympics, but all these players aren't playing in it, you know, yeah, you can win a gold medal, but is there an asterisk on it? Because all these players aren't playing in it. And it's kind of different in the sport of tennis because you play these people all the time. And so it's not like you're jumping into a competition where you're going to play foreigners that you've never touched before or never, you know, never even shared a court with them. These people play all the time. So 
The Olympics are not really any different other than they're fighting for their country. But we also have the Labor Cup in tennis. We also have the Davis Cup. We also have stuff like that where they can already fight as a team to beat another team. So the Olympics, I got to say, are probably less exciting for tennis players. But at the end of the day, they still are the Olympics. And so, I mean, they're still a big deal and people still love playing in them. So I think, you know, Roger Federer, I think, is still on the edge about it. Novak Djokovic is. If those two back out, it's going to be... It's really going to be tough for the for the Olympics in the sport of tennis. I don't know how many people are going to watch anyway, but if those two players don't play in it and a couple other players back out, really there's no point to the Olympics this year. But I'm going to leave that up to you to watch or not watch, and we'll keep an eye on it moving forward here. The Summer Olympics are a month and some change away, so not too far away. Let's look moving forward into this grass court season. Like I said, there it is a very short grass court season, and starting next week, next Monday, is the start of Wimbledon. So that's going to be something to keep an eye on for tennis fans and t- grass court fans. So there's only two tournaments this week, and they're going to get underway pronto. They're getting underway right now, and that's Mallorca, and that's Eastbourne. And looking at both these tournaments, they're both ATP 250s leading into um, Wimbledon, which is here real soon. And I want to get to the draws of these tournaments. Daniel Medvedev's the one seed. Uh, this is in, I believe, yeah, Mallorca. Uh, Medvedev's in this tournament. Casper Ruud. You're looking at, uh, let's look who, Hachinov's in this tournament. Uh, Feli Lopez. And the Dominic team's a wild card, the two seed. So team hasn't been playing well lately. Um, he said he's trying to get back to 100%. So that'll be interesting to see how team does at this tournament. But Mallorca has... A few large names in it, not a whole not a whole bunch, but that's what things are looking like in Spain this week. Let's move on to uh, Eastbourne, Great Britain, the last clay court tur- or the last grass court tournament, excuse me, before Wimbledon. Gael Monfils is the one seed. Uh, Lorenzo Sinego, who's a youngster playing really well, he's the he is the three seed. Uh, Alex De Manure is the two seed, but that's kind of a lot. That's kind of it when it comes to big name players in these tournaments or players that you want to keep an eye on moving into Wimbledon. Cause I think a lot of these big players are just probably heading to Wimbledon right now to practice and get ready for the tournament. So these, this last week of lead up tournaments is kind of like a last ditch effort for a few of these people to really get some matches in before they head over to Wimbledon, like Daniil Medvedev, like Dominic team. Those are going to be interesting to watch in Mallorca. That seems like it's probably it for this episode. Um, next week's going to be a big episode. We're going to look at the Wimbledon bracket. We're going to look at predictions for Wimbledon. We're going to look at who can make a run. Who do you think has the hardest, you know, part of the bracket and my pick to win it. Uh, if I may remind you, my pick to win the French Open, Novak Djokovic, was correct. Now, was I really going out of my comfort zone to pick Novak? A little bit because I could have picked Rafael Nadal, but I didn't. Just throwing that back out there into the universe because I'm really looking to maybe make another winner pick here in about a week for Wimbledon. But Wimbledon's like literally right around the corner. The turnaround from clay to grass is so fast. And next week, we're going to take a look at that bracket. We're going to take a look at everything that you need to know about Wimbledon and how excited we are. Oh, last thing. I forgot, almost forgot about this. The U.S. Open is allowing fans back, I just read. So that is going to be fun to watch. And New York has been waiting patiently for fans. 
and they need these fans back in New York, and I'm really, really excited to watch U.S. Open with cheering fans out of Arthur Ashe Stadium, out of Louis Armstrong, out of the grandstand, out of Court 17, all of it. I'm excited for fans to return, and I'm excited for you that you decided to listen to this podcast. So thanks for listening. You can always reach out to me at Jacob Sersosimo or at Believe Podcast Network um, on social media at Believe Podcast or at Believe.com. I really appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Next week is a big, big week. Wimbledon starts. Will Roger do it? Will he go for 21? Will Novak Djokovic go to tie Rafa and Roger? Can he do it? Can he not do it? If he wins Wimbledon, he's only one away from the calendar Grand Slam. He's already won two this year. Can he get another one? Will Roger come back? Or will somebody outside the big three, or in this case, the big two, win Wimbledon? A lot of question marks surrounding Wimbledon. We're going to break it all down next week and believe in the ATP Tour right here with Jacob Sersosimo. Thanks for listening this week. A lot of tennis this week, but a lot of chill tennis because we're all waiting for the big tournament next week. Take care of yourself. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.